Hello and welcome to The Personal Investor. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, should investors see their glasses as half full or half empty right now? We're looking at two sides of that argument today with the case for why the market may be getting ahead of itself on the one hand and why this could be a great time to invest on the other. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. There's two sides to every story, and that's certainly true of the stock market right now. Market levels suggest that all the gloom we see in the economic headlines is overdone and that the risks that plagued markets last year have, or soon will, evaporate. And yet, there's lots that could go wrong with that plan, with many still pricing in recession and trouble ahead for companies. Where does the truth lie? Who's right? The optimists or the pessimists? To answer that, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, welcome along. Um, now, the inspiration for this podcast today was two articles written this week, one by you and one by me. In your article, you note the recovery in the stock market that we've seen, but you lay out why investors may just be getting ahead of themselves. Uh, the pessimist's view, if you like. And in my article, uh, I'm more positive. I've written, in fact, about why I'm buying into uh, an otherwise unloved part of the stock market in the belief that it is ripe for recovery. Now, uh, I'm going to explain that I do think that, uh, in truth, both articles are pretty nuanced before you jump down my throat and tell me that <laughs> I've hugely oversimplified what you've written. Um, I don't think either of us are sort of dismissing the opposing case completely, uh, but it does make an interesting starting point for this discussion. So, Tom, after all that, why don't you start by laying out what you wrote this week and why you're not getting a carried away with the rally that we've seen? Yeah, OK. Um, uh, I think you're right. I think uh, I think both of our pieces are, are more nuanced than that. And my, my view is, is not actually that pessimistic. What I'm actually really saying is that I think that the market has... Uh, just got a bit ahead of itself. It's moved rather more quickly than I expected. So I had expected the, the stock market to do quite well this year, but for the turn in the market to, to happen probably in the middle of the year, by, by when I expected it to become clear that, that uh, inflation was on its way down, that uh, interest rates which had risen to combat rising inflation uh, would in turn uh, start to stabilise and, 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 and maybe start to come down as well. And once investors uh, got their heads around that change uh, in, the, in the environment um, to a more favourable uh, environment for, for shares, then the stock market would, would start to take off. What surprised me was that it happened, not that it happened, but, that it, but when it happened. Mm -hmm. The fact that actually pretty much uh, last October, um, the market turned and has been rising now for about three months. It's risen by about 15%. The US stock market is up by about 15% since last October. And that just feels like it's making some pretty heroic assumptions about the future path of inflation, the future path of interest rates, uh, where um, company earnings are going, whether or not we have a recession, whether we have a soft landing or a hard landing. I think the market is pretty much priced for perfection at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, just to put the opposing, opposing case for, for, for a minute, I mean, the the... The market, I would agree, has made some heroic assumptions um, in the ways that you say. But if you look at what's happened this year, it's sort of been reinforced, hasn't it? Um, you know, by by quite good news on inflation, quite good news on um, well, not necessarily central bank decisions, which have come in kind of as expected, but certainly the mood music around those decisions. It has been slightly more dovish. Um, 
notwithstanding the fact that there are moments when central bankers do urge caution and the market has sort of looked through those warnings, hasn't it? But the general point I would make is that, that there have been signs for encouragement. Uh, the earnings is the other side of this, which I'm sure we'll come on to, but they have held up, broadly speaking. It's been just enough to kind of keep this optimistic mood going. Uh, yes, you threw in a few caveats there, which I think uh, uh, is right. where I would go, <laughs> uh, because I do think it, it's kind of up and down at the moment. I think that the investors are um, a, a bit confused about the messaging that they are getting uh, from uh, the central banks, and they're a bit confused about the messages that they're getting from the hard data. So, for example, to, to look at inflation, yes, inflation is coming down. We've had three or four months when uh, um, month by month we've had a slightly lower rate of inflation than than the previous month. That's good. That's a positive. But I would also say that the pace of reduction is beginning to slow down. So, you know, maybe what markets are saying more recently, you know, when when I think that this three month rally has kind of paused for breath. I think what that's telling us is the markets aren't quite sure whether that downward trajectory in inflation is going to continue or whether it's going to stabilise at a slightly structurally higher rate of inflation. And they're beginning to worry about that. So there are lots of pros and cons, ifs and buts at the moment, the market is a bit confused. Yeah, and in your piece, Tom, you you, you sort of referred to uh, the fact that you can look at previous cycles for markets. You make the point that no two cycles are ever the same. But what do those kind of comparisons tell us in terms of the, the normal patterns of a, of a market over time and, and the patterns of this market? Yes, I mean, I think the the, the, the basic framework is, is normally the same. I mean, you start off in a, in a sort of bullish positive environment for markets when uh, everything's going well, company earnings are rising, the economy is growing and stock market valuations are rising. That's 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 the bull market scenario. What tends to happen then is that the stock market realises that that is not sustainable, that can't go on forever and valuations start to fall even as earnings are still rising. Mm. You then get a period when um, earnings actually turn the stock market is probably still falling in terms of valuations are falling. So that's the double whammy. And that's when then when share prices really, really fall. And then at the other end of the of the cycle, the market again turns before the real economy yeah. starts to look through uh, the economic difficulties. Share prices start to rise even as earnings and the economy are still deteriorating. So that's the usual cycle. Um, and I think that where we are in this cycle is actually not dissimilar to that. I think we're, we're following the script. Um, but as I said, to start with, I think that uh, the, the, the time lags are unpredictable. And I think what's happened this time is that the, the stock market has, has moved into that more optimistic phase, even before we've really gone into the the, the sort of negative phase. So we haven't had a recession yet. We haven't had a real decline in earnings. It's beginning to happen, but we haven't really had it yet. So I just think that the the anticipatory nature of the stock market has been even more pronounced in this cycle than it normally is. And, and that's why you lay out the, the possibility, I wouldn't say it's your sort of expectation, but the possibility that we might um, revisit the lows that we've already seen before we get a more sustained rally. Yeah, that that is my that is my central belief that that the the low point that we reached in October 
is just too soon in the cycle for it to really be the low point. I think we may revisit it once or maybe, you know, maybe more than, than once yeah. uh, this year. What I don't think, and this is, this is where I think, you know, that, that this is where I would dispute the, the, the idea that, that my view is particularly pessimistic. Yeah. What I don't think is that the market necessarily will go much lower than that October yeah. low point. I think it's just going to bounce along uh, this year, maybe with quite a bit of volatility. Um, but that doesn't seem to be a particularly bad state of affairs for investors, because if you are if you're still in a, an accumulation phase, if you're still building your your savings, um, then it's actually good that the market doesn't rise too too high because it gives you the opportunity to get in at a reasonable price. Yeah, well, let's turn, Tom, to what I wrote. I mean, it's not actually, I mean, looking looking back now, it's not exactly a sort of diametrically opposed case from yours. You're talking about stock markets in general. Um, I, I think I, I, I've written a, a very positive um, article, positive about the stock market, but a particular type or particular area of the stock market, which is, it's the UK, it's UK medium-sized companies, the mid-cap stocks, um, and it's a particular way of accessing them. I mean, I will say that I'm becoming more optimistic. I've been very um, welcoming of the the rally that we've seen um, in the last few months, as you say. Um, and, and I can see that picture around inflation and interest rates uh, changing to the upside let's let's put it that way I mean take all your points about what what can what can change and how early we are in the whole process but I think definitely if you'd asked me back in October whether we would be where we are now in terms of what central banks are saying I, I would have said no it's it's still going to be super super hawkish um, and that seems to have changed and that suggests that to me at least that the central bankers are seeing better signs in the underlying inflation data um, but why why the uk well it's 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 still an undervalued market um and despite all the very negative news that we're getting in terms of the economy here and all the problems that we face that are particular to the uk um the, the stock market does seem undervalued we're actually talking on a day when i think the FTSE may well hit 8,000 or, or almost maybe close at a new record at least so from one point of view the good news is is priced into the stock market but the bid I'm looking at the FTSE 250 say is not at a record high it's still six percent seven percent lower than it was at this point last year I'm reasoning that there's some value to be had in pockets of that market and in particular I'm reasoning that uh, a good active fund manager might be able to find those and so uh, I've made an investment into um, Fidelity Special Values that's an investment trust it's managed along very similar lines to the Fidelity Special Situations Fund that some people might be familiar with and um, I just figured you know not not for the next six months or a year but in, in 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 the scope of the next three to five years it could be a great time to be invested in those kind of stocks in that sort of way um, because the potential for some quite good news to come through is there, but also a, a really attractive valuation. What do you make of my case? Uh, I think I would agree with it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fundamentally um, uh, the, the the UK stock market may be um, uh, approaching or at a new time, uh, a new all time high. Um, but it is it is 
is not expensive. I mean, mm. it has underperformed so much over the years, really over the last 20 years or so. Uh, the UK stock market has been a, a disappointment. Um, so that that represents a good starting point for anything other than a really sort of negative um, um, outlook for the, for the UK. And, and, I, and I don't believe that that is, uh, that is the case. So I think, yes, the market is cheap. I think this is uh, probably a good time to invest if you're taking a longer term view, which, let's face it, all investors should be taking a, a, that kind of longer term uh, view. Um, and, and the way that you've done it, I think, makes, makes good sense um, because you're doing it through an investment trust, a closed-ended fund, which um, and one of the features of investing that way is that you can buy the underlying assets um, at a discount or at a premium, but currently you're able to buy those assets at a discount, uh, and in fact a slightly wider discount than is normally the case for that investment trust. So uh, I think uh, you get that... the. Potentially, you get the combination of a rising market and a narrowing of that discount. So I think it's a good strategy. Well, um, let's time will tell. <laughs> time, <laughs> indeed, time, will, time will tell. I mean, but you're right about the discount. It is at a slightly wider discount. That investment trust tends to trade at, at a discount. Um, and so it's not it's not sort of hugely out of whack, but it's um, a little bit cheaper than it normally would be. It's a high octane bet. You could say investment trusts are more volatile. Um, they get a really good press investment trust. Lots of people in the industry like investment trusts. And when they go well, it's great. When they go less well, you see the risks and they can be more volatile. I'm ready for that. I've actually rotated some investments basically out of uh, UK investments that were in um, some areas of the market that had done quite well in the past year, more kind of commodity focused stuff, more um, energy focused. And so that particular trust is probably underweight those things. Mm. So it's 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 a it's a value it's a value investment really. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I, I think I think it has the potential to, to to rise from here. Yeah, I mean history history suggests that um, that the UK uh, the more value focused markets like the UK can perform quite well uh, in environments like we have at the moment, maybe a, a, an environment coming back to the inflation question. If we, if we do settle down uh, with slightly higher inflation than we've got used to, um, the, the UK history suggests that the UK does actually perform slightly better in those yes. more inflationary uh, environments. So that might be a, uh, uh, a good reason to, uh, to, to stick with, um, with the UK. To your point about um, the energy stocks having done well, obviously they have, I mean, for, for, for obvious reasons. Um, I think actually they may continue to do quite well i mean they're not expensive in terms of valuations they offer a um a high um uh, dividend yield um which is attractive um particularly in an inflationary environment so uh you know i don't disagree with where you're going i i think maybe i would maybe not not pull out of where you've been uh to the same extent but Anyway, well, good to talk it over, Tom. Mm. Lots to uh, lots to chew over there. Um, it has been fun, but that is all the time we have for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed.
Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.